Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of communication in government and the public sector. My name is David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. Our series, From the Vault, does help us to reach back and grab a hold of some really outstanding discussions in the 300-plus episodes that we have had of the program. Uh, It started as In Transition, and there are 180 uh, episodes of In Transition, and now there are well over 300 episodes of GovComs, and so we have plenty Uh, to choose from. But this week, From the Vault, a conversation back in 2017 with Shana Haley from the city of Plano in Texas. Now, Shana and I met at Content Marketing World uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. I think it was in about 2017, might have been 2016. But anyway, a very charming lady and certainly a wonderful professional. And she still has uh, that role with the city of uh, Plano there in Texas. She is the Director of Communications and Community Outreach uh, in Plano. Her responsibilities include strategic planning for all aspects of the city's communications, their marketing and community outreach. Again, I'm really enjoying these From the Vault episodes because it just goes to show that the the Basics don't change in effective communication. And again, uh, in this conversation with with Shana, you'll really hear that. Uh, You will hear that the basics are really what you need to do to be effective. Now, I started this particular conversation by asking Shana about her backstory. Um, After spending some time working in D.C. and living overseas, I was in East Africa working with a nonprofit, um, teaching in a a local university. I have a communications degree, both undergraduate and graduate. I moved back to the States, thought it was way too cold to live in the part of the U.S. that I was in, and moved south to Texas, where I joined uh, the professional services industry. And I was uh, working for accounting firms and then architecture, engineering, and construction for nearly 20 years uh, until I got involved, uh, felt like I was uh, disconnected from my local city and I was living in one part of the metro area. Uh, I should say for reference that Plano is within the greater Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area, although it's certainly not a small city by any means. But I was traveling an hour and a half one way each day to work in downtown Dallas and got engaged through my local city um, in an organization called Leadership Plano, which is designed to connect business and community and governmental leaders um, to know more about how the city operates holistically, not just from a governmental perspective, but how does the healthcare system work? How does the criminal justice system work? And so on. And through that process, uh, got engaged with some of our city government officials, and uh, they encouraged me to bring my skill set and come back home to where I live and have a wonderful 20-minute commute and an all-in experience um, with the city itself. To me, sounds like a really great initiative, Leadership Plano, that tries to bring everyone together. uh, Whose idea was that? Um, You know, that's a great question. It's led by the local Chamber of Commerce. It's 
It's a nationwide organization, though. Uh, several cities throughout the U.S. have them. Um, you find them very frequently in large or, uh, large cities. So Leadership Detroit, leader, I'm sure there's a Leadership Cleveland, Leadership Dallas. But it's it's really a way of, of grooming and developing future leaders. And so kind of the end call to action for graduates of Leadership Plano or Leadership any organization is, what are you going to do next? Are you going to be on a board uh, for a nonprofit that's impacting the community? Are you going to join city government? Are you going to join the chamber? What are you going to do to really um, contribute to the community that you're part of? Okay, so they convinced you. You obviously graduated and thought, righto, I'll I'll take on the task. Um, Take me through that journey. Uh, They approached me and I joined the city in July of last year. So that would be 2015. They started talking to me in December of 2014 just to kind of feel me out. I was very happy where I was. Um, But they said, you know, what we have here in play is we do a great job of telling our story to the media and uh, my colleague, uh, we, we call ourselves the two-headed department. Uh, he's a former journalist like you, David, and um, came in-house to the government, but he's focused on media relations. And so they said, We're, we've handled that well, but what we don't understand is marketing. And And what they had done was combined the traditional government office, public of information. Um, so the PIO office and our broadcast arm, which was Plano Television News, had combined and become a department called marketing and community engagement, and not been traditionally led by anyone with a marketing background. So they felt that, one, they didn't really understand what marketing needed to be in a government context, and two, really have someone that could help them execute that with excellence, which is something that the city of Plano values. So I I came in and um, spent probably about six months before I ever even committed to joining the city to, to looking at it on a deeper level. I pulled the city strategic plan, um, read through that, looked at the council strategic objectives and really thought, what's what's the next thing? You know, um, for me, it really was, again, about that journey. And that's what we talk about in content marketing, right? We're taking people step by step on this journey. And as, as you very well said, you know, to inform and to take action. So the way I explained it to council and to the city leadership as we were talking through this was, all right, we have people who are unengaged. That's point one on this customer journey or this constituent journey, as I call. And I want to transform them into people who are actively, passionately engaged advocates for the city. And so that takes quite a bit of time. And the only way you can do that is through content marketing. So we're trying to transition this group of people who were highly talented members of public information and of television and transform them into a group that said, all right, we're not just creatives who respond to departmental and council requests. We're actually intentionally, non-reactively taking our constituents on a journey. We don't want them to be uninformed. And so we've just completed first year of what I consider to be a five-year kind of all-in turnaround, and that involved restructuring the team, uh, really rethinking who we were, um, going back and creating a marketing and communications plan, which essentially is a content marketing strategy, but you know, that terminology doesn't translate necessarily very well through the political structure, um, but but that's what we're doing, and, so, and really setting out some very clear objectives, and they were 
fundamental in every way, David. I mean, I, I look at it and I laugh, you know, as a marketer by profession, I'm like, gosh, you know, our, our first goal was to align our brand expression. <laughs> you know, that felt like a really big deal was to align our brand expression. And we're not there yet. I mean, it still feels very much like um, not even a house of brands. It's a, independent entities. And so this next year, we're really doing a complete brand overlook on how do we create this, this feeling of the city is one, and then departments have unique identifiable identities that also cohesively belong to the city. And that, you know, that's a challenge. So we'll use a contractor to come in because otherwise you're doing too much navel gazing and it's hard to separate out the emotion of that because we want our departments to feel freedom. We want our library system to feel different than our parks and recreation system, to feel different than environmental health yet you ought to still know that they're the city of Plano. So how do you do that? How do you achieve that? And how do you allow people to collaborate and be part of the process? It'll be fun. So that, you know, <laughs> that was goal one, you know, so we started working on that and gosh, we needed to work on tone. We had everything from very stuffy, formal government speak to um, the voice of the unknown I. I was like, who is this I that's tweeting? You know, is that is that a, a librarian? Is that a marketing coordinator? I don't know who the I is. So we need to figure out who we are. And so, you know, we came down on the city of Plano is warm and relatable. We're friendly and approachable. That's our tone. And so we are as formal as we need to be when the circumstance uh, calls for it. And we're as informal as it needs to be. And Last night, we just won an award from 3CMA, which is a, a governmental communication organization here in the States, um, for the best creative marketing um, campaign with the least dollars used. And I'm proud of it because we spent exactly zero dollars on it. But it came directly out of strategy. You know, I, I believe that if you if you know your why, if you know what you're about, um, and then you have a plan, you can take advantage of Kismet. I mean, Kismet really is never really kiss me. <laughs> you know, there's always a lot of intention that happens behind. And so our little story was um, a, a foolish reality TV show that's very popular here in the States called The Real Housewives. They had a, a branch called The Real Housewives of Dallas. And um, one of the characters, uh, non-scripted, scripted characters made a, a disparaging comment about our city and just said, you know, it feels a little Plano in here. And the show actually called out the city on Twitter and said, what does the city of Plano think about this? And it was such an interesting discussion in the aftermath um, as uh, of what happened within our team, because my response, and I happened to be watching Twitter that night, that's where the kismet comes in. You know, why was the director watching Twitter? Why was I handling it? Long story, but I just responded. I thought, you know, we need to be where people are. That's a, a significant part of our strategy. People were watching that show, so that's where we were. So we responded with a, hey, no big deal. We'll just shake it off. And I just, I, and I didn't even say shake it off. I had a, a gif of Taylor Swift performing shake it off. And it just, it went crazy. It went crazy. And it started a whole campaign of, it's a little Plano in here. And that was a, a saying that popped up in our community. And it was so fun to watch our influencers because all the things that our council questioned, and not that they were questioning our team, but that internal soul searching of, is our message getting out? Do people hear what we're talking about? You know, what's your rank? Oh gosh, you know, we're the fourth largest city. We're the safest city in America. All these things that we constantly push out. You know, I'm watching Twitter and their response was, how dare you say it's a little Plano in here? Did you know we're the safest city? Did you know we're the fourth largest city? Do you know we're the third best place for families? 
that stuff was coming back and it was unprompted on our part. And it was so wonderful to watch them defending their place. And then they started saying, well, it's a little Plano in here and, and I like it. And I said, well, all right, you know, <laughs> what a great idea, right? So I convinced our, you know, I, I emailed our city leadership and said, this is a really crazy idea. You have every right to tell me no, but I really think it'll work. And I hope you say yes. I said, will you let me just create a t-shirt? We won't make any money, but it'll just say it's a little Plano in here and I like it. And let's see what happens. And they said, well, all right, let's see what happens. So the very, you know, we turned this around in government time. We turned it around quickly. That show aired on a Monday. We created the T-shirts on a Friday. We dropped it the following Monday, five minutes after the next episode started airing. In the middle of the show, because it's a very social media-driven show, people second screen it all the time, um, we dropped the T-shirt and it exploded. And the, <laughs> the name of Plano went all around the country. And I've seen shirts all around the world. People have taken pictures of them wearing, wearing the shirts, tweeting it back to us, you know, showing it's a little Plano in here and I like it. Um, we've seen a, a, a spur of other shirts of people designing other things. Uh, I, uh, uh, one of my constituents tweeted last night, if you, if you love Plano, you might want to consider buying this. And it's, it's a tea towel. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a tea towel with a map that has been handed, it's lovely, of a map of Plano um, drawn on it. And so it's perfect for giving to realtors, to giving to new residents. And, and that was part of our strategic goal was to create this sense of community in a city that's grown very quickly. You know, some 80,000 people in the early 1980s to 275,000, 69th largest city in America. How do you help all of these people who've come from other places feel like they have something that they own? Well, it's a little Plano in here and we like it, right? So we can use that. That's a, that's a point in time thing, but it's part of this other larger strategy of ways that we're trying to help people. And that ties into kind of some social media marketing, some pieces that we've put out that are all about love Plano and my Plano. So accidents happen, but we know our why. Our why is build community. But it seems also that it was there. That, that feeling was there, but that, that execution activated that feeling that was there. I, I would agree. And, and that, I think that's the beautiful part of that type of campaign. If you were listening on a deep level, you hear what your community is talking about. And, and that way you're, you're not stealing. I mean, you have the great book, Steal Like an Artist, right? You know, so it's the same idea of what's already out there. You just amplify that discussion. And, and I'm a big believer that the government is not here to solve your problem. The government um, can't create resources, but we are a facilitator. And, and we are not a, a hub for activities. We can connect people and help them um, by making those introductions. And we can also provide a platform for those conversations to happen in a very safe way. And so we try to do that within our team, but we try to do it with intentionality. Um, and when my team meets and we meet every week to kind of talk about, all right, what's happening, not on a task basis, but what are we trying to do? How are we moving our goals forward? We, we remind ourselves that our job is to find a reason to say yes, um, instead of saying no. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we say yes to everything, but we need to be able to say yes to the right things, which means that we need to be able to say no. And the only way that you can do that without uh, people feeling that you're favoring one department over another or one initiative over another is to lay those goals back out. And, and that's a very collaborative process. That's one thing that was very different for me coming from private sector to public sector was to say, all right, this this content marketing strategy, this marketing goal development, instead of an executive team going away and planning on their own, it's the executive team and then you're going back and you're validating with the lower level, you're getting the input all the way, almost down to the bottom of the organization to get this complete buy-in. And at the end of the day, and I, and I think we turned that fairly quickly, we did that within a three month period, but to go back and say, all right, you know, I, I know you might not like a no for right now, but remember we all sat down together and we all agreed that this was the direction. And so it's not a no, but it's a not yet, or maybe not that way, um, because this, this is what we're all in on right now. And then we'll add that and then we'll add that. And, and I think that's the beauty of the plan. But the plan seems to me also that you started in the right place because you started at the strategic plan of the organisation and then what you've developed is an enabling document which is driving back towards those larger corporate objectives that are sitting there as sort of the, you know, the North Star of your, all of your efforts that are all driving back towards achieving and solving those bigger problems. Uh, correct. And I would say that's something that I brought with me from the private sector. I think, um, at least in professional services realm, there's always been a challenge for marketers to make that next level. Uh, you know, we talk about the glass ceiling in terms of equity for women in leadership, but really I believe that that glass ceiling exists uh, across the board in professional services firms, particularly in the industry that I specified in for many years um, of getting marketers into the C-suite. And it's it's almost as though there's this lack of operational knowledge. So marketing is very focused on getting the dollars in, you know, closing the sale, but then do you understand operationally how to deliver a job? And, and so I always, I've always approached my career that my job leading the marketing effort, leading the communications effort is to understand what is the organization trying to achieve. If I understand those goals and align with that, then you're part of the conversation. And when I accepted the job with the city, I understood that I was going to be advising into that role, but I didn't realize that I would be sitting with our executive team. And and I I would like to give, you know, a lot of credit to the city of Plano for really being an innovative city in the way that it thinks about solving problems. They're, it's a very anti-silo organization. Uh, they bring all of the department heads together once a month. We spend a couple of hours you know, each month of really just kind of hashing through issues and making sure that we have alignment and understanding of what each department's trying to achieve, how we're part of that process, and then that goes all the way up to city leadership. So it's a, it's a strong leadership group to be affiliated with. So coming across from professional services, the private sector into the public sector, what what are the things that have struck you that have been different or perhaps even surprising? Um, I was told that the pace would be slower uh, and it is slower. Uh, I, and that's not a bad thing. I, it's not as slow as I mentally thought it would be, but it, it does take longer to make a decision. Um, and I definitely have seen analysis paralysis where we have a lot of go, 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 wait, don't go, uh, you know, okay, go, <laughs> you know. And so that was, that was hard to um, adjust to because I was used to, we've made a decision, 
go. Um, and then we'll come back and evaluate. That's that's very much a, a business realm. The other thing that has been interesting to me is the role of leadership within my team. I I had envisioned it, you know, I've always been a vision caster. I'm definitely the big picture visionary and I need a person or a team of people who are are are, are the doers and the executors to keep us on track. I value them. Um, hopefully they value me. But what I didn't realize, you know, I thought, I'll, I'll cast vision, we'll find out where the gaps are, and then we're, we're gonna go marching along, right? But it's it's more vision casting, find out where the gaps are, train, remind the vision, come alongside, cheerlead, you know, okay, here's the vision again, oh, we need a little more training, all right, let me cheerlead, let me push you, come back and cheerlead and push you, oh, here's the vision, you know, there's a lot of that, a lot of back and forth. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I started in a good place on that. I knew that my team had been through a lot of, of changes from, you know, combining into this new department and just really being unfocused. And, and they recognized that themselves. And so I, I walked into it saying, I, I think I'm going to start by really loving this team. You know, and, and I came in with that intentionality of maybe the job right now is to give this team identity and purpose. Um, and so, you know, I, I sat with each member of the group and said, you know, hey, you, I, I personally believe you are a creative, talented individual and, and that you are a professional. And as long as you operate in a sense where if somebody comes and asks you to do something and you say, sure, when, how, and deliver it, then really you're just an admin and I want you to be a professional. And... I'm going to help you do that because I, I believe that you have that. And it just transformed, you know, how we saw ourselves as a team. Now, that doesn't mean we still don't struggle with it. And it doesn't mean that we still don't say yes, when, how, <laughs> where, you know, but just how you see yourself, I think it makes a world of difference. And that was a surprise to me because that's a difference from public and private. You know, private, the marketing team knows that the marketing team are professionals. They're not admin. And to have that sense of self and what your role is um, wasn't present. And so at the moment, what would you identify as your key challenges to implementing this content marketing approach? And perhaps even before that question, how have you sold in the benefit of the content marketing program that you've developed and implemented? Well, uh, in terms of really saying that the benefits are in place, you know, we, we're strong reporters and I really, you know, every month that that's a requirement just for all directors within the city of Plano is to report on what your department's doing. And so I've really tried to tie that back to, you know, here's the plan, here's the progress, here's the next thing. Um, so we have an organization that's all in on that. Uh, so, we, you know, that's, that's part one. Part two, challenges. Um, the challenge is tied to success in some ways because, you know, I thought, let's do this bite size, right? We need a marketing plan for the organization as a whole, and then we're going to cherry pick departments because we can't do everything at once. And I probably cherry picked. I, I thought I was being smart. I'm going to pick the three, you know, largest departments and because they have the most client facing, you know, so that was a huge mistake <laughs> because they were the three largest departments. I mean, you can do the math. Why would you pick the three largest departments? <laughs> because now you have this massive enterprise, you know, to deal with. Um, but now, you know, we've had success with that structure. And so everybody wants to see, you know, well, why can't you add on? Why can't we do this? And so they're just, I feel like, although we are very fortunate to have 
this huge team. I have 15 people on the team, you know, including my counterpart who's solely focused on media relations. I mean, how lucky are we and to have a full television crew? I mean, how lucky are we? I still don't feel like we have enough resources. So really trying to figure out how I best use my resources is, is a problem and how to hold departments at bay that really are ready to go all in and I can't serve them well, so I don't want to serve them halfway. Um, but maybe there is a way to do halfway and I just haven't figured it out, you know, and, and so we're trying to sort through that. And then I, I think the third challenge um, that I'm very aware of right now is just the impact of change and, and what that's having um, on our community, on our culture. And so I'm very sensitive to how people are emotionally invested in that and how that really impacts the way they see their neighbors, the way they see the government, the way they see their own role in society. And again, that's not our job to solve that, but at times, you know, it can be our, our job to help people work through that. We had, of course, that un the unfortunate shooting of the Dallas police officers um, a couple of months ago. And, and our office, we, ha we have a very st structured, you know, crisis communication plan. And, and that's, we have two actually, one deals with public relations crises and one deals with public safety crises. And this was clearly a public safety related issue. So we don't ever talk first. We let our public safety PIOs go first. But over the course of four days, our office really took the lead in kind of helping our community as um, I called it the chief grief office. You know, that really was our role was to provide a place for people to publicly connect. Um, but I think, you know, that's just a one point in time. So, but there are other opportunities that are like that. And, and we've tried to find innovative ways through our strategy to help people deal with change. Uh, we, we use organizations like um, TEDx. Um, it's, it's been a, a great platform for us to help sponsor TEDx Plano. And we watch that and, and say it's, you know, it's okay to talk about difficult issues. The city thinks we should be able to talk about difficult issues and admit that nobody knows the right answer, but maybe together we all know the right answer. And, and I think there are other ways to do that without overstepping our bounds. Um, but I think that that's going to be a continual challenge that we as marketing and communication professionals within the government sector need to figure out where that boundary is because no one wants the government to tell them how they should respond. But clearly there's a place within that realm that we do need to, to have a voice, even if it's just a central talking point. I, I think that's one of the cleverest uh, executions I've heard in a long time, that you're able to establish this program um, through a very trusted brand to be able to engage in the difficult conversations and to allow everyone to participate that shows leadership, but at the same time doesn't step over that line. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been very freeing for us uh, because, again, you know, the city doesn't have any say whatsoever over the topics that are selected. And in fact, there's a, a broad consortium of individuals within the community that that helps source speakers and help put those on stage. And then from the city perspective, I step in and we we sponsor the venue and I, I usually coach. I, my background, again, is communications and I taught public speaking for many years. And so I'm able to help with that side of things. And then we're able to bring our, our media resources into play where we are able to amplify those talks. And of course, TED, that's what TED is all about. Um, and everything goes to the master TED side. And so for, you know, I appreciate that in that, 
even within the city, I, I always remember I'm also, I'm a person too, right? And I'm a Plano resident as well. And so some of those conversations feel uncomfortable for me too, but it doesn't mean that I'm not a better person for having listened to it. And at least broaden my perspective. When I did my master's degree, I focused on intercultural and small group communications. And I was looking at what groups perform better uh, that are mixed, you know, and why do they perform well and why don't they perform well? And it turned out that the individuals that performed well across cultures and in small group, you know, task focused groups did well because they had increased communication competencies. So the more access we have to different viewpoints and, and uh, different worldviews, the better able we are to come to a new and unique solution and to make forward progress. And so I've kind of carried that with me. So, you know, to a certain extent, that's what the Department of Marketing and Community Engagement in Plano is all about. It's not necessarily to say this is the path we need to be on, but how can we get a lot of people in a room together to, um, to build a path of their own? And then we watch, and again, as the government, we are by the people, for the people, of the people, we then respond to what they're wanting to do. So from here on in, where where is the where, where is the next step? Where is the next big opportunity to um, continue to make progress in implementing your uh, content marketing program in Planner? Okay, for us, the next step, uh, a couple of things. So we're, we are definitely, as I mentioned, going to go all in on the, the brand refresh. And th I think that'll be a big thing. We need to have that consistency. And, and I think any content marketing structure needs to do that. The and, and that was interesting today here at, at the lab here at Content Marketing World. Uh, we had Martin Skipney from the city of Vienna in Austria. And he was saying that that's his challenge as well, mm -hmm. that, that the city of Vienna hasn't got its story straight yet. They've got infrastructure in place. They've got capable people in place. They're telling a good, a good story, but they're not telling a great story because they don't quite know what it is yet. Exactly. And, you know, and the story's ever evolving too. I mean, I think, uh, well, during, during your portion of the session today, you talked about these global trends that are impacting us. And, you know, some of them, yes, were, were specific to PACRIM, but so many of them, I thought, well, you know, that actually is impacting us as well um, with massive migration to Texas. I mean, we've, we'll have another 30,000 jobs come online just within the city of Plano in the next 12 months because we've had Toyotas, um, the entire North American headquarters for Toyota is relocating to Plano and that'll come online at the beginning of 2018. And that's just one of probably that I can think of off the top of my head, five massive corporate relocations. So, I mean, again, we're going through yet another wave of change. But I sit and think, okay, well, all right. So again, we're processing change and all of the things that are related to that. How do we talk about transportation and water issues? You know, those normal things. But I've, I've become very interested in, in two issues in particular. And I think that this will have a play in our content marketing strategy, but I'm not entirely sure where and how. And I've kind of dedicated myself to the next 12 to 18 months to really doing a deep dive, just personally um, thinking through. So the first is the concept of social listening and not social listening on the surface like the, it's a little Plano in here. Um, really social listening on a deeper level because I truly believe that situations that lead to five Dallas police officers being shot at and killed um, start on, 
on the undersurface. There are conversations that are happening that we're not hearing that are the beginning of future issues that we're unaware of. Um, and if somehow we could listen to those and not solve the problem, but join the conversation earlier, how interesting would that be? Now, there, there's but, but a, there's that issue, isn't it? You know, the, there's a creepy the, line. <laughs> <laughs> there's a creepy line. Yeah. And so where is that creepy? How do you manage that that creepy line? You know, government listening. Right, and and that's that's part of my deep dive because I I want to be sensitive to that. And gosh, that falls under all kinds of things. You know, we've had solutions that we've developed that try to not cross the line for things related to traffic and transportation. You know, nobody wants to give up their geolocation. It's so fascinating. We'll willingly give up our shopping habits on a grocery card so we can get customized coupons from from the supermarket. But gosh darn, if, if a Google beacon reveals what quadrant of the city I'm in so I can get customized traffic solutions, you know, that feels like it's crossing the line because who has, you know, the data. And, and that's that trust factor that government doesn't have. So I don't know the answer. Um, and, and I don't certainly am not proposing that we go all in like the National Security Administration <laughs> to, to deal things. But I would love to find some way to just know, OK, you know, these if even if it's a word cloud that's popping up, these 25 things are really being talked about, but it's not necessarily a surface level discussion. How interesting would that be that I could then sit down and say, all right, let's not solve that, but let's understand it before somebody shows up, before a petition starts, you know, before we have a candidate come from out of the blue. It'd be nice to know that. So, and then the next thing that I think would be really interesting to solve, it, and I know every city is dealing with this, is how to bridge the digital divide because that's becoming more and more profound. Now, I think mobile is the answer to that. I mean, the Pew Internet Research Study is very clear that people who don't have internet at home are accessing um, governmental websites in increasing percentages through their cell phones. So the self, the cell phone, the mobile phone is part of the solution, but figuring out how to do that in a way that people are going to be going to that website for other things than paying their water bill, I, I don't know the answer. But it would be interesting to kind of crack that nut. And I think content marketing can be part of it. I think we can figure out how to um, integrate using our social media, you know, go to where, again, go to where people are and meet them there because a government's content marketing strategy has to be tied to the concept of you don't need to be front of brain until you need to be front of brain. Um, and by that, I mean, I'm living my life. I don't need to think about the government until I need to think about the government. And and that's, uh, you know, my trash wasn't collected on the right day or not collected at all. I fell in a pothole. I don't know how to pay my water bill. I got a citation for watering my lawn on the wrong day. That's when I need to think about it. And I want them to think about it with the correct information. And so my job is to get that correct information so I've moved somebody from unengaged, uninformed, at least to aware. And if I can move them from aware to passionate advocate where they're doing my job for me, then we're building community. And that, at the end of the day, is what we want. Shana, fantastic. What a great plan. You really sound like you, it's clear. And that's the thing. You've got your why and you've got your vision and you know exactly where your objectives are. And it sounds like you're just making great progress all the time um, through through your project. Obviously, there's hiccups and bumps along the way. What what just before we finish, a, a couple of those that you see obstacles, perhaps in the in the horizon. I think the greatest obstacle is uncertainty right now. Um, you know, our, our political structure, you, you never you never know what your what your resources are going to be and what public sentiment's going to be at any given time. So 
uncertainty can be a challenge. It's it's not like we're reacting to profit margins. Um, so I, I and maybe the the challenge is for me personally, since this will be my first season of going through potential change related to elections, and we'll see what happens to that. Um, the second challenge is really just kind of the popcorn nature that I've discovered about government, that there are always more priorities, passions, desires, needs, opportunities, <laughs> uh, as opposed to challenges or problems. We use the term opportunities. Um, there are more of those than we can handle. And because I do know my why, my why is that I love Plano and I want others to love Plano too. That's my personal why. Um, I want to solve all of those. And so that's that's something that, that causes a problem with our plan. Um, and I'm trying to teach myself. So this is, you know, kind of that inside internal, Shauna. You don't always have to innovate. Sometimes you need to double down and go deeper. And, and so that's what I've personally challenged myself with for the next 12 to 18 months. It, it, maybe it's not the next new shiny thing. Maybe it's just get really, really good at what you're doing and really, really see if it's making a difference that you think it is. I mean, you've seen 12 months of difference, but are you going to see the 18? Are you going to see the 24? Are you going to see the long term? And wouldn't it be interesting to choose to retire, you know, at the end of my career? I've never thought about retiring, but let's say I do retire 20 years, you know, in with the government and look back and say, what is Plano today because of what we did with this crazy content marketing plan in 2015. Shana Haley, who is the Director of Communications and Community Outreach for the City of Plano in Texas, talking to me way back in April of 2017. And again, the basics, they are there, they are clear, and really, if you can build those into your daily practices, you're not going to go too far wrong, even as technology continues to change everything around us and who isn't experimenting at the moment with GPT-4 uh, and really to see the incredible impact that uh, artificial intelligence is having on the world of communication. I look forward to exploring that in a little bit more detail with uh, people uh, in the weeks, months and years ahead. But anyway, that wraps up a great conversation with Shana and I'm very grateful to her uh, for coming on all those years ago. As always, we value a rating and a review because it helps us to be found. It helps others to find the podcast. So if you did have a moment, please, we'd be very grateful if you could do that. I'll be back uh, at the same time in two weeks. But for the moment, I'm David Pembroke, and it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.